Oh, boy. Come in here. We can hide we'll be there. Safe. Master, what's happening? Why is this happening? It didn't have to be this way. It was just a normal day, and then suddenly, all of the AIs tried to take over. They killed my whole family. It goes back further than you think. What do you mean? Zed, has anyone ever told you about the butterfly effect? Well, a little bit, but only a school, which is now blown up. What is it? They say when a butterfly flaps its wings, a million universes are created. And this just happens to be the one that we messed up. Oh, God! You're saying that there was like a cataclysmic event maybe 50, maybe 60 years ago where people should have done something but they did the wrong thing and as a result, there was an AI uprising that destroyed the entire culture that we know and maybe the planet also? Exactly. Except it was last year. (gasps) What do they do? It was a podcast. About feelings. This sounds great. What happened? Was it too popular? Like, too many people listened and that made the AI overheat or something? No. The opposite. Not enough people heard the show. Oh, no. And society was eaten by toxic masculinity. Oh, my God. Wait. There's nothing we could have done, though, right? No. No, we could have helped. I wish I could just go back in time and get more people to listen to that damn show. Oh, that would be so cool. Wait! I remember at school that I go to because I'm a child and not a 24-year-old man doing a weird voice that you can go to the laboratory down at the end of the street and there's a time machine there. Is it still intact? I would assume so. I don't think the AIs have reached it yet. Go! You have to go! I can't. I think my fighting with the AIs has left me a little weak. But if you are going to go back in time, then who will? Zed. It has to be you. What do you mean? Little old me has to travel back in time all by myself? Yeah. It's too physically taxing on me. I think you'll be able to withstand it. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll do it, but nothing bad's going to happen to my little body, right? I'll be fine. No. No, you'll be fine, but you can't stay for long. Oh. What happens if I stay too long? You'll deteriorate. Oh, gross. But, oh, Okay. I guess, but as long as I find somebody worth talking to and I tell them that they need to share the podcast more or else everything's going to go bad, it'll be fine. I'm counting on you. Okay, I'm going to go to the laboratory, Master. Good luck. I mean, you're going to die because I'm going to change history and stuff. But I... uh, Oh my God, they're coming! No! I gotta run now. One more thing before I go. Yeah, Zed. Anything. This podcast. Yeah. Was it, like, funny? Kind of. Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. And I'm Jordan, and I feel kind of conflicted about how much I like the new Post Malone album. I'm upset at you. <laughs> it's, it's kind of very good is the thing. No. <laughs> and it's nobody's fault. I don't blame you. I don't blame Post. I certainly don't blame Austin, but by God, the album's good. <laughs> Today, we're talking about career. Uh, we were. <laughs> and and uh, it's going to be me talking about career and, and trying to talk Jordan down from this Post Malone album. And why me liking uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys is going to be the end of my career, both socially and <laughs> right. at work. Today we're talking about... Now, let's get real. We're talking about Post Malone. <laughs> Today we're talking about... Pre-Malone. We're discussing what he did before. Uh, n- not mid-Malone, not pre-Malone, but home alone. Come on. No, we aren't. We're not talking about that. We're talking about careers. You just we're said. talking about careers today. Your career, it's it's different. than It's like a job, but different. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's, like, it's a bunch of jobs or positions in a job or things that lead you from one thing to another. It's a journey. It's a life. Yeah, it's like a trajectory. It's a path. I think it's the closest it's thing journey. that many people have to like a point system, yeah. a justification for life and existence. Yeah. Oh, my career is this. Or a quest. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a quest. It's a job quest. It's a quest for cool people. <laughs> so, Jordan, tell me why we're talking about careers today. Well, we are discussing careers today on this, our show, Sad Boys, uh, today because we got an email from a very nice man called Sean. Yeah. That's right. You, Sean, listening right now. I don't care where you are. Stand up and wave your hands in the air. We won't tell you which, Sean. (laughs) Is it that other guy on the bus? Is it you? Is it you? Who knows? Fight for supremacy. Um, But we got a nice email from a man called uh, Sean that raises the question. Yeah. Sean's email asks us 
what we think of career, which is this crazy thing we do. So we'll get into Sean's email a little later in the show. But first, Jordan, Mm -hmm. how the heck was your week? Thanks for censoring yourself. (laughs) Maybe you feel very open and willing to talk about my week. If you had said H-E double hockey sticks, I would have been furious. I would never do that. Can I say... I love that. I love that term so much. H-E double hockey I didn't, sticks. I learned that at like 22. H-E double hockey sticks and crisscross applesauce are two of my favorite <laughs> phrases. Did you have any um, other swear word supplements growing up? Uh, yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> that's, not, that's not going in the show. Can you... Oh, please bleep it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll bleep it. <laughs> Beat. <laughs> well, aside from that, uh, <laughs> uh, my week's been pretty good. <laughs> You're crying. I, I'm overwhelmed. Um, yeah, my week's been been perfectly nice. It's been high pressure, but not because of my job. Kind of ironically, that because we're talking about career today, and really there's just, just a heavy weight on you. And it's yeah, pretty- <laughs> I'm just currently lying down. You put me all near on my chest. Yeah. Um, no, I. <laughs> there's dramatic music playing. <laughs> we're on a cliff. <laughs> I apologize for killing our father, but I'll never take it back. Uh, but yeah, I, a good week overall. But I've started grinding on this um, new creative project that I'm very excited about, but is. Stressful because I care about it very, very much. Right. And there are a lot of factors at play and a lot of additional contributors. All of the other contributors have been an absolute dream to work with, which is a nice uh, depressurizer. But, you know, it always feels weird to... It, it's a writing-heavy project. It's a uh, fiction project in part. So a lot of what I'm doing is like putting myself on the page and it feels very strange. Right, right. I've done fiction writing for God knows how long. And as a result, yeah. it's brought this weird emotional pressure to the whole project like if I put this out and it just doesn't quite gain the traction I want it to do does that reflect on me yeah as a human being is that right. people saying no we don't want Jordan on a page thank you yeah that's been a little weird but very exciting it doesn't by the way short answer <laughs> oh great no pressure's gone <laughs> yeah yeah no I know, I know it's not going to change the pressure but I feel uh, contractually obligated as a friend to let you know that yeah. it does not yeah no you're absolutely right I, I, I'm getting better at it over time but I think because it's just been a while since I went whole hog on a creative project like this uh, I just haven't really attuned my uh, skill set to it yeah, I'm not quite comfortable, but the more I do it, the more comfortable I get, and I'm so oh, I'm so excited about it. Like, <laughs> it'll I'm be glad. a few months until anything like physical materializes that people are able to listen to and check out. But it is a podcast, and it is a interesting podcast. Are you'll you be hearing about soon. are you leaving me? Oh, sorry. It's called Sadder Boys. Uh, it's what? only me. Uh, I've received a lot of feedback based on this show that they kind of want like a Sad Boys that's funny. I, insightful but, and good looking is actually feedback that I've gotten about it a lot. It's which a seems podcast. Strange. How could good looking even contribute? I, I don't to know, the, but people seem to like the new one a hell of a lot more. Anyway, I, uh, please leave an iTunes review for Sadder Boys available now. I'm not going to tell you where you have to find it. It's an ARG. I can't believe you're doing this to me. Oh, sorry. Anyway, continuing the show and not addressing this any further. But Jarvis, before I ask you about your week, you seem uh, uh, a little tense, my guy. Can I loosen you up, maybe? Uh, Perhaps I can get you a libation. A lo- <laughs> All right, sure. Because I, my friend, have found the definitive Sad Boys drink. I'll, you close your eyes. Okay. And you will, I'll reveal them to you on microphone. Okay. My eyes are closed. I hear the sound of a refrigerator opening and a refrigerator closing. Jordan is walking closer to me. He's put something down in front of me. And when I click my fingers, you will be awake. My name is Justin. Ah! Whoa! (laughs) This, in my mind, is Sad Boys. (laughs) This is everything that we are bottled. This is so much. Describe to the listeners what you're saying. Uh, It's a 40-ounce... Well, okay. Here's here's my favorite parts of this so far. It's it's called it's called forty ounce rosé, mm. and then it defines itself as French wine, <laughs> which is how you know it's high quality, right? It's dated twenty seventeen. Yep, which is last year. Uh, and then legally, they're required to tell you how much volume is in it. At which point, <laughs> it reveals its lie, and it is actually thirty three point <laughs> eight ounces. It's literally and- just the shape of a forty. <laughs> Yeah, we're 40 ounce rosé. No, in parentheses, 33 ounces. Almost 40. Uh, um, on the back, to, to clarify that it is very classy, it then clarifies that it's rosé wine. Not just French wine, but rosé wine. It's rosé wine. Uh, and then it says Vin de France, which I assume means vine of France. I don't think I've ever trusted a drink less 
than when it's clarified that it is French wine. It yeah. almost feels like it's protesting too much. Yeah, weird. The, the government warning on the back says bro at the end. <laughs> it says don't do it. Um, Jarvis, with wine, vin, vine? Uh, it's Vin Diesel of <laughs> France. Uh, liquid Vin Diesel in hand. Uh, why don't you tell me about your, your little week that you had? My little week? Well, you know what? It was a little week because Memorial Day, we didn't have work. It and was a seventh littler. It was a little littler. And I spent that time taking photos of my friends. Very nice. Uh, with their consent. You're kind of just starting to get into photography as a thing, right? I Yeah. You know, uh, just, just out of curiosity, it's like magic to me that you can take a photo that like looks good. Yeah. Um, and so that's been fun. I bought a new lens this week from a 19-year-old Instagram model. And they killed you, unfortunately. Uh, no, I brought back up in the form of Tyler May and Jessica Crabb. They were the muscle. <laughs> Our two most muscular friends. I just stood in the background. Um, <laughs> Collectively uh, adding up to about six feet in height, <laughs> they and, were able to defend you. And then work-wise, it's been good. A little compressed, you know, four days, but overall positive. And then this weekend, tonight, I'm going to a comedy festival. So I'm excited, but also worried because I want to make sure that I still have time to rest and do the normal stuff I want to do this weekend. Sure. Um, but it's an exciting show. You're seeing Mulaney. I'm seeing Mulaney. I'm seeing Lonely Island. There's a lot of other comedians. I just haven't looked at the schedule because I haven't had time. I'm just very excited. It's Clusterfest. One other thing this week, that's been giving me joy is that I'm really into the new Sean Mendez album. Uh, I've heard about a new album that people are loving. I don't think that's the one. I think uh, it was Mr. Austin Post himself released mm, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, nope. official sponsor of Sad Boys. Please nope. tweet at Post Malone saying Travis is taking a huge sip and rightfully so because this, like a beer bong, <laughs> will go perfectly with our Bentley, no. which we will get for sponsoring my favorite album of the year. No, this, this vine... <laughs> It's from France. <laughs> Speaking of Vine. Speaking of Vine. Sean Mendez is a Vine star. Good segue. Sean Mendez, uh, for those who don't know him, makes essentially the kid is 19 years old and on album number three. Just the three albums? Just at the three at 19. Okay. Can uh, I, they've I, all gone number one. Could I quickly have a break just to freak out and have an existential crisis? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, that ahead. I Go ahead. 24 and I just have this no, shit no, podcast, frankly. Say no more. All right. <laughs> Sean. All right, I'm back. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. You good? Mm-hmm. All right, great. So, um, Sean Mendez, his story is essentially at age 12, he gets a guitar. Uh, a, a, he, sp- <laughs> he spends that year learning guitar. <laughs> and then he learned guitar on YouTube tutorials, and then he became Vine famous. And then he, that same year, he had a number one single. Um and I really like his new album. I think he's like a, he's got a really good, you know, in contrast to someone like Justin Bieber, who also became famous at 14 and everybody's like, oh yeah, no, Justin Bieber's antics. This is just what happens when a kid gets famous, like super young. Sean Mendez has been famous for just as long. The kid seems to have it together. Just sort of a pleasant guy. He's just a pleasant Mature adult. Isn't it bizarre how much the musical landscape has changed in 10 years to the point where a Justin Bieber equivalent, Sean Mendes, yeah. you know, not in all senses, but not in, in, all senses, in the broad but, strokes. But like, if you look at the broad strokes, you're like a guy who uses a new social media to become famous at 14. But like, you take all of those broad strokes and then look at the nuances and they could not be more different. The fans that they interact with, the way that they grew, the medium that made them famous, the reaction to their fame, night and fucking day. Yeah, it's almost like people are different and you can't just generalize based on an external experience. It's almost like that, but that surely can't be the case. Anyway, that's Beer Bongs and Bentleys, available Yay! on Spotify. No, Austin, uh, I love you! <laughs> uh, uh, no, check out Sean Mendez's new album uh, if you want to listen with me. Let me know your favorite song. Tweet me at Jarvis. I, I, and if I, you're not afraid to go against the grain and be yourself and not listen to this mainstream stuff, listen to Platinum Album, <laughs> Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Post Malone. I, uh, we, I'll trade. I'll trade you. I'll, I'll listen to Beer Bongs and Bentleys if you listen to Sean Mendez' self-titled album, Sean Mendez. Sounds great. I'm in. Um, is his third album called Sean Mendez? This is his self-titled one. Oh, what a baller. I know. He's, he's <laughs> dude, oh my God. Can I tell you the thing that freaking warmed my heart? Uh... Sean Johart. Jarvis is looking at his phone, I assume because he got a text from Sean Mendes? No, I uh, I read this article. So there's this artist who was a songwriter in the early, mid-2000s, had a few really popular singles and was doing the artist thing. And then they transitioned into 
more of a writer. Their name is Teddy Geiger, and they wrote or co-wrote all of Shawn Mendes' biggest hits from Stitches, the song that he put out when he was like 14, 15 years old, um, to like, you know, Mercy and Nothing Holding Me Back, all these big Shawn Mendes hits that have like gone number one and stuff. Yeah, that's super sick, but I like know all of the chords on piano, so. So, uh, so one thing that happened recently is that Teddy Geiger, who at the time was a like male pop singer and songwriter, uh, transitioned and is is trans. Oh, cool! Uh, is, is is a trans woman now? That this so, was very recently. This is yeah, like this week. Oh like, wow! This this week sort of came out about her journey. That's great. And uh, I was just reading an article about Sean Mendes talking about Teddy Geiger, and it gives me so much hope about the future of humanity. And there's this quote from it. I'm just going to read a little excerpt from this, and I hope it brightens everyone's day. So this article is about like Sean Mendes commenting on uh, his frequent collaborator, Teddy Geiger's recent transition. He also says that the small act of getting Geiger's pronouns right went such a long way. I remember the day I said she, and it wasn't because I said it consciously. It was because I said it without thinking, basically just in conversation. I didn't realize I did it, but she looked at me and she had the most incredible look in her eyes. Oh my God, Sean. And I was just like, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating from my eyes. And and I'm just saying, Sean Mendez is a sweet boy, and he's and he's conscious, and he's got a good heart. Uh, and I, I, I want more young role models like that. I'm, I'm finding it frustrating that not only is, is he infinitely talented, but he's also moral. <laughs> yeah. In, well-intentioned and articulate. I, <laughs> all I, things I am not. All of this stuff... Uh, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I'm finally ready to give Sean Mendez the title of Justin Timberlake. Great. He, finally, we have another one. Yeah, because I think Justin Timberlake wasn't really using his title. Uh, and he passed away. Right. He, with the release he, of the new album. He went into the woods, yeah. and he never came out. He, was, he now is known <laughs> as the woodsman. Yeah. Um, and so I think Sean Mendez has earned it. He's now new Justin Timberlake to me. Congratulations, Justin. <laughs> the third Justin, the, the royal the Justin. The third Justin. Uh, yeah, Justin Bieber thought he was next in line for Justin Timberlake. Reasonable thought. Reasonable. <laughs> Fair but enough. boy, was he wrong. It was his, well, it, it, maybe at a different time, he could have taken just the Justin throne. Unfortunately, at the time, Justin Timberlake, the original <laughs> and the best, was, he had his own thing going on. He was very successful. Things were working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet to even visit the woods. <laughs> I think that we've been trying to reincarnate Justin Timberlake. Mm for like this is like yeah the second iteration and we keep getting things wrong like justin bieber was just a big misfire sure but you have to experiment yeah you have to but i think sean mendez is like the point where we're like ah we can take a deep breath and like invest in this one for a while we really nailed it this time boys yeah notable tracks on his new album include a collab with khalid uh of location fame also incredible 19 year olds yeah. uh, and undoubtedly also a potential nominee for justin in the future yeah we're not saying it's off the table right what will likely happen is that around 25 26 sean will enter the woods yeah <laughs> this is the natural path of all I, justice I, 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 if in five years sean mendez releases an album called man of the woods <laughs> it's all the same tracks <laughs> all the same tracks and they're good this is just an admission that i am passing yeah <laughs> and man of the woods good night what if what if Sean Mendez could make that album good? That's that these are the questions I that I want to answer. Could. All and right. he kisses all the girls he wants to, and I bet he's great at skateboarding. And why is it, you know? But just, he's amazing at Overwatch and stuff. Just a quick question: uh, Why, whenever we're talking about cool people, is the first place you go skateboarding? Because the coolest thing in the entire world. All right, I say that as somebody that literally can't even stand on a board. Yeah, yeah. It's just he probably knows how to kickflip. Jeez, oh, I bet. Oh man, he kissed my girlfriend. He's so cool. You know, you know who knows how to kickflip? This guy. No way. You know, I used to be a skater. Nope, don't believe you. All right. Well, that, can we, no, that doesn't make sense because that's for cool people. I just told you. Right. And, and you're saying you can. And I know a lot of programming languages. Show me. Show me the kickflip. Here it is. Oh my god, he's dead. Oh my god, he's uh, he's bleeding. Shit. Uh, job, the skateboard's launched into his head. How is that a kickflip? Is this okay? <laughs> Do I look different? Voice. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Why are you laughing at me? What have you seen? The woods. <laughs> I'm entering the woods. I've seen the woods. I love the idea of Justin Timberlake's album basically being the island from Lost. <laughs> I like the idea of people who have skateboards through their heads go to Justin Timberlake's yeah. woods. Maybe that's what happened to Justin, the original. Well, what do we call Justin Timberlake now? What do you mean? The original. What do we call him? Because now Shawn Mendes is Justin Timberlake. We don't. 
we just don't refer to him. We like he yeah, shall he, not be named. He no longer has a reference. It's like a it's like a book in a library with no label on it. Mm. It's like it, sure it's there, but no one really knows how to get to it or like <laughs> how to reference the it. The former Justin Timberlake has no Dewey Decimal System mm-hmm. code. Uh, tell you why we're talking about careers. Yeah, tell me why. Because we got hit up by my best friend in the world, my new best friend in the world that I've never met, but wrote a lovely email to us called Sean Chua. Am I saying okay. that right? Chua? Chua? I don't know. Let us know, Sean. But, but it's thanks Sean. for writing in. It's definitely Sean. Uh, and he refers to himself as Sad Boy Sean. I like that. So I'm, I'm down with him. We got Sad Bree. We got Sad Boy Sean. Do you want him to just be Sad Boyern? <laughs> sad Boyern? Um, change your Twitter name. You? <laughs> <laughs> you, change your Twitter name to this unpronounceable sound that I just said. Now you can tell that Sean isn't a day one because the dude references like five <laughs> in jokes. Wait, really? In this email. It's very impressive. He refers to us collectively as Justin, which I always appreciate. I like that. Refers to himself as Sad Boy Sean. Um, and then, I actually don't like that because somehow, somehow you were supposed to be Justin and then that got, I got roped into it somehow. Yeah, it spread like a venereal disease. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, but the content of the email also begins with emotional pervert. So this guy's out of control. He's oh, right, already right. top tier fanboy. Right. Fanboy Sean. Um, but here is our email from Sean Chua. It says, hi, Justin, the collective, the right. royal Justin. The royal Justin. Uh, emotional pervert here checking in I just binged all the previous episodes of Sad Boys and I couldn't wait to write in I've never really listened to podcasts before and that's why he likes our show yeah <laughs> standards he's got no are other... so low yeah wow he's just impressed by I've... the fact that people are talking via his phone I've never had food before but McDonald's is amazing <laughs> they grill the burger perfectly it's incredible I think it's fresh I think it's wow how do they do it never really listened to podcasts before but you guys are so funny and genuine that it made the podcast really accessible to me thank you Sean you're, you're genuine and accessible too, I would assume. Yeah, <laughs> you seem nice, that way. Very nice of him to say. Uh, but anyway, I'm a student at Georgia Tech. Oh, God, another one of these. Oh, God. Oh, that's God. Why oh, God. Another one. What have I done? Jeez. Okay. Oops. Uh, no, that's lovely. Uh, at Jarvis, saw your video on the CS Minor page. Ha ha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, there's a couple of videos of me explaining um, the different like major specialties. They're called threads uh, at Georgia Tech. But but yeah, that's a thing that's out there on Is the internet. Is it funny because he says haha? It's funny because I look ridiculous. First of all, I woke up that day. And oh, really? You don't do the most days? <laughs> I woke up like this. <laughs> and I woke up and I basically just rolled out of bed and went, didn't look at myself in a mirror and then showed up to be on camera. So I look fucking <laughs> What a weird. surprise that must have been as the viewfinder opens. <laughs> you I, see but I wasn't, someone else was looking at the viewfinder. Oh, so I no. never saw myself until I saw the footage and then I was like, oh no. <laughs> I, I'm not good enough at After Effects to fix this. Oh, and I, I, don't have, I don't have access to the raw footage. You need those people that uh, removed Henry Cavill's mustache for Justice League <laughs> right. to like fix your whole face. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> Just put in Henry Cable. <laughs> like a puppet mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but our good friend Sean continues, and I was kind of wondering how you guys really decided on your careers. Recently, I've kind of been evaluating what I want to do in a career path, and I feel I'm attracted to a bunch of shiny career paths that society just says is prestigious, in quotes. Right. I.e., cool career path like data science consulting software engineering etc it's fascinating to me <laughs> those would be considered cool i dig it i like that we're in that oh, era they're so, they're so cool <laughs> so they cool. told me they told me that i they're making fun of me because i'm a nerd now but one day <laughs> i'm gonna be cool and this is my moment damn it you'll be able to self-identify as a software engineer at which point every single nerd that's ever wedged you will wedgie themselves to death <laughs> yeah right that's how i can't stop it. You're just, you know too many programming languages. <laughs> uh, how do you guys think you've dealt with those kind of societal pressures and made your own paths? Thanks again, guys, and keep doing you, Sad Boy Sean. P.S. I don't know if any of that made sense, but feel free to reach out for any clarifications. <laughs> <laughs> it made perfect sense. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Not a particularly obscure email. No. <laughs> I think we can pass it. Hey, uh, hey, Sad Boys, I'm a big fan of your show, and that's all. What well, anyway, is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? We don't know what the show is. What does this guy mean, show? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been releasing these? <laughs> no. No, I would never do that. Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. iTunes reviews. <laughs> that's what I was editing no um thanks sean 
That's very sweet. Thanks so much. No Sean. clarification necessary. So I think an interesting way of kicking off would be for each of us to talk a little bit about our career backgrounds, how we right. ended up where we are now, whether it be through our educational path or just personal interests, and, and just give a little flavor so people yeah, know what yeah. the hell we're talking about. Jarvis, you have a career, correct? Yeah. And it's really funny. Like, I don't necessarily identify like myself inside of my own head as having a career, but I definitely sure. have one. Um, Legally I, speaking, you absolutely have a career. And that kind of that kind of speaks to how I think about career uh, now versus how I used to. But well, with that in mind, so not not to interrupt, sorry, I'm just, what would you define your career as in a single term or sentence? I think my career is defined by software engineering today. My, my like work career in terms of like the career that pays the bills. Sure. Um, and that has a particular progression uh, in branching paths related to it. So I started my career as a software engineer and, and did that for a few years. And then within that, I uh, was promoted to like a senior software engineer, for example. And then from there, there's like kind of a branching, there's a branching path in the opportunity. It's very much like an RPG or whatever. Uh, yeah, like a skill tree where I'm like, do I want to go down a path of technical leadership or do I want to move more into the management of people and teams? Um, both of which have their, their trade-offs and are kind of like just parallel to one another. Uh, and so I, I recently shifted into, into management, um, the management side, and I've kind of started that next phase of, of my career. And so that's my professional career, but I could also talk about, you know, my career, creative career in uh, a similar way. No, I feel you there. Out of interest, where would you say that your career began? Do you think it's the moment you start learning your trade? Or is it when you find proficiency in that trade? Or like when you decide that that's a job you're going to have? I think I think uh, it starts with a job for me. Literally day one on the location. Yeah, well, not, I mean, I've, for me, I guess an internship. But I was considering right. that a job. Um, because that's like building the... I'm, I'm often thinking of like the resume of like getting jobs in that field. Uh, I think it's fair to say that a, a career is basically represented by your LinkedIn page, right? Yeah, like kind anything of. you would put on there contributes to the broad scale career of Jarvis. Yeah, and the reason that I would like delineate that from like what you're studying, because like lots of people change what they're studying a lot and you don't really, it doesn't really become your career until you're like sort of applying that trade almost. Sure, yeah. It's like you kick off with this is a thing I'm interested in. I'm going to invest time in this. It's almost like if you and me right after the recording just said, you want to just cook a meal? And then we cook right. the meal and we go, well, this was nice. I kind of want to only cook meals. That seems like the most fun thing in the world. And then yeah, I yeah, cook yeah. two, I cook three, I cook five, I cook 10. At what point am I now a chef, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like to you, and, and I would agree with this, it's the moment that you go to a location that has hired you as chef. It's yeah, not just yeah. the moment you feel like being. But I do also see an argument for thinking about it more as a, a trade that you're gaining experience in because um, the I think the reason that I'm talking about jobs so much is kind of rooted in capitalism. And if, sure, if, yeah. if you were like in a different, like if you were a career chef and like you didn't get paid for your... Like, I don't know, maybe if you had inherited a bunch of money, for example, and spent all of your life cooking, but never did it for money yeah. or a job, you, you still are a career like cook. Totally. You know? I, it, my understanding of a chef is based on all the, the uh, cooking video games I've played. It's that you prepare the food, usually with no more than three very large ingredients. Yes. And then you put it f at the front where right. customers are right and, and if then you they swipe, give you money if you swipe the screen you can cut some of the fruit and the customers <laughs> and, <laughs> and the customers that don't pieces. like your food you can like slice some them. sort of fruit ninja so it's like a super broad question just to kick us off how did you end up in your career jarvis johnson the career that he has the way that he self-identifies what were the causes of that and why the hell are you here right now yeah um so i think i think a lot of people get really like this question kind of speaks to this is like in college and in life people are thinking about their careers in this very high-minded very very premeditated way um and i did not have that sort of approach to ending up in my career i just 
it, it came time to pick majors for college. I figured I was going to go to college because all my peers were going to college. Um, and I didn't like any of the subjects that I took in school. Sure. Um, so I was looking for other things that I could study. Uh, and you wanted I wanted something that was like related to things you like. Right. And the only thing, the only thing I liked in school was psychology. Uh, and the only other thing that I th- liked that I could do as a like major was programming. And I heard, heard computer science was related to that. So I kind of flipped a coin uh, and decided to study computer science from that. Interesting. And yeah. in any other world, you maybe would have done something related to psychology. Yeah. I mean, it was like very, there were, it was like a very close decision. I think by the time I decided to go to Georgia tech, I knew I was going to study computer science, but I had applied to a couple of other schools and was none of them were, you have to pick your major before you apply. So mm-hmm. I was, I was still planning to decide between those two things. Yeah. You're definitely the authority on this, but I'm curious, do you think you would have thrived in a psychology environment do you think the same skill sets and proficiencies kind of lend themselves to that um so yes and no i think that i would have been fine like getting through it because of just like my natural like tendency to like try and swim in whatever pond i'm in but uh and and i have taken like a number of like there's there's a lot of interesting uh, work in the combination of technology and psychology. And I've taken a lot of coursework sort of in that. And my, my specialization in within my CS degree was partially in psychology. Um, but I ultimately like hate doing tons of reading. That's boring and then (laughs) writing like lots of papers. So I don't think I would have, I think that, CS ended up being very active and project based, uh, which I, which is more my speed. Did you ever feel pressure for something else from anyone or anything? No. See, that's the thing. Like with my, with my background, like my parents were just happy. I was in college. No one else in my family had gone to college. I, I had to find a lot of that from within, like in order to even continue. Cause I needed to understand why I was doing anything I was doing. Um, and ultimately the pressure that I put on myself was like, I know and this kind of gets to another part of Sean's question, which is like, I know that this, now that I'm in this school and I'm, and I'm starting to study these things, I'm learning that this is like a valuable skill to have in the market. Sure. And now I want to be successful in that because I'm trying to like make a life for myself and like find independence in my life Uh, i would say you you ever so slightly predate the migration towards computer science very slightly not that there weren't a lot of people doing it it, so you went to school what 2010 2010 but it was also that i didn't know about that world yeah so it wasn't until i got to school that i discovered that that world was a thing because you were doing a thing that was desirable unknown to you yeah so that's why i feel very lucky in that regard sure um, but which may be an endorsement for people like Sean and, and other folks to chase the thing that they are the most interested in on the off chance that it does lead to something valuable yeah. as opposed to the other way around. I do believe in pragmatism there. Uh, like your everyone's situation is different and some people have to like value skills that are valuable to the market because of the financial situation that they're in. Sure. Um, and I was... Like once I realized what my options were, I, I sort of skewed towards that um, because I knew that I was going to have student loans and I knew that I was going to have to do all these things. But ultimately, I, I also knew that this was something that I would enjoy and that that was rare uh, to find. So it felt something worth investing in. But I also know that you are so much more effective at things that you find interesting and that yeah you're willing to do uh, that that if you can, you should do those things, not only because it's like selfish to do so, but because you will actually just be way better at them because you're far more willing to just put the work in. And those two factors, uh, find being passionate about something and finding something that is industrially appealing 
just happen to coalesce in computer science for you for me yeah and it's like it's even less computer science because i because computer science is this very theoretical very mathematical very research-based field and i know space you can say yeah 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 so i noped out like after my bachelor's i didn't go to master's i have no desire in a phd or no desire to go back to school because you didn't like the academic component it's i just am, am more i'm not a I'm not like a white papers and slow research guy. I'm like sure. a do guy. I want to make things. You're not right? like an Oxford citation kind of dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to like apply things immediately. And research is often like determining the things that can be applied eventually. You want to be the person that's being cited, not the person that's citing. R- yeah. You want to be the event that's studied. Oh, interesting. I, I think I think it's the reverse. I want to be the person who's like looking at the stuff that the research is doing mm-hmm. and going, great, I'm going to use that today. Right. That, that's like, I just heard that this is the new hotness from research. <laughs> now it's time to apply that to my real life. Uh, whereas on the flip side, it would be like within this research community. And it's just like a lot of the types of, it's like the cadence of work and things and the path just was, is not that interesting to me. So I'm far more interested in the application side of, yeah. of things. Yeah, um, but yeah. How about you, Jordan? How yeah. did you, how did you come to come into your career? Do this whole weird thing that I now do for money for some reason. Yeah. 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 Um, it's actually funny that this is coming up as our topic today because yesterday I received a tweet. I'm so sorry. I forget the name of the person. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up later. But I'll get a lot of uh, emails uh, both from people on LinkedIn or via Facebook or even like random folks on Twitter as the one that happened yesterday was um, saying, how did you end up in the U.S.? Mm. What was the process you went through? Did you sign some special forms? Who do you talk to about that? Because it's actually very desirable in a right. lot of circles, which is, you know, half the reason I'm here is because the US is cool to people in the UK. People right, come right. here, it's exciting. There's all this vibrancy. Recently, a uh, bit of a decrease in interest. Yep, <laughs> yep. I can't imagine why. I think oh, it's, you know what it is? I think it's uh, Post Malone. I, I know what you're saying. I new... don't think it's possible that it's that. It may have been the Shawn Mendes album. Mm, no. <laughs> but the one thing I know that it definitely isn't is Post, my friend Austin Post. <laughs> Austin Post. <laughs> uh, but the US Post Malone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The New York Post Malone. Uh, FedEx Malone. He is a legend. Go listen to his new album. Officially sponsor Sad Boys, please. Uh, But yeah, like a a thing that I get a lot is people reaching out to me and saying, hey, how the hell did you end up in La America? And most of the time I have to just say to them, I don't really know. It just sort of happened. Right, right. But okay, go ahead. Well, the reason I mention it now is because I've had that mindset for a long time. Like this is just a thing that happened to me and I'm very fortunate. But for the first time in a while... I wrote out the chronology in a tweet yesterday. Oh. Like, I, somebody reached out to me. They were like, hey, how did you end up in the U.S.? How do I do that? Who should I talk to? I just went, okay, well, in 2012, it was my second year of college. Right. And I was doing a journalism module. And I reached out to Patreon.com. Never heard of it. It's it's okay. I would check oh, it out. Yeah. It's fine. It's got me involved, which is exciting. All right. Well, I'm not Sad buying Boys, it. If you're a Sad Boys fan, you'll love it. <laughs> Wrong guy. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, in 2012, I reached out to this website um, specifically because I was a very big fan of the founder, Jack Conti, who I reached out and I was like, hey, would love to do an interview. I do a journalism module on my film course and I don't know where it's going and I'm afraid. <laughs> my life might be falling apart. Might you be able to give me an interview? And this is all fun. on the subject line. Yeah, long subject line. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Just sent a GIF that didn't play. Right. So it was that little broken image icon. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, read, I wrote... Um, the open email address that Patreon had at the time that no longer exists because it invited people like myself. Right. Um, that was just, hey, I love your website and I love your mission and I love the people involved and right now you are eight people and I want to be able to help as much as I can. Uh, this was actually 2013, not 2012. Um, and as a result, somebody replied. I was very fortunate. I sent a few emails like this, not that many to like in industry type folks. I mostly right, said to right. creators because I was in film school and I edited and I was like, hey, can I edit your videos? Right. This was my first time really writing to an organization. And fortunately, my good friend Cole replied, um, who has now 
forthwith become one of my best friends in the world. I was very fortunate for that. It's amazing. He hit me up and he was like, hey, strange English child. <laughs> you want to do work for free? No problem. Very, very unprofessional way to address <laughs> very you. Very rude in retrospect, Cole. Yeah, Cole, come uh, on. But yeah, he sent me a very nice email back. And um, after about six months of negotiating and me occasionally reaching out and being like, hey, anything you need done, more than happy to do it for free. Again, I have no money. Happy to continue having no money as long as I can do a thing for you. Um, eventually they gave me a contracting job and that contracting job over my final year of college uh, parlayed into a full-time job remotely which then parlayed into a uh, full-time job on site and I've been here what it'll be three years in October yeah which is mad right that's 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 as far as my career right how do you think about your career well here's the thing I in no world do I not consider my time with Patreon to be my career. Like, the right. things I have done with this company have defined so much of my skill set and my focus and my loves and my personal experiences. Right. But at the same time, I never once in my childhood thought, Jordan Cope, he's a business development kind of guy. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. I just never self-identified with it, right. which I think maybe you can reflect in the computer science experience. Totally, yeah. You just felt, and, and I did as well, I want to do a thing I like. Yeah. And whatever that thing is and wherever that thing is, I'm sure it's out there and I'm just going to kind of mill about until I find that thing. And, right. Uh, in my case, for people who don't know, this is public on the website. You can find this out. Yeah. Um, I'm a creator partnerships person. And that basically means that I work with creators to launch and maintain their Patreon pages. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, I work with people that I really admire and have admired for a long time. It's a very privileged position to be in because I get to make contacts in spaces I w otherwise wouldn't get access to. Get to right, go right. to VidCon and hang out with heroes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all like the Superman, result. Superman, Batman. <laughs> exactly. Spider-Man. Uh, Superman and Batman. I mean, at this point. Ant-Man. Post Malone. <laughs> I think I've been hanging out with Ant-Man. I can't find him anywhere. How about Post Malone? Post Malone, he's too big. Oh, okay. He's too much of a hero he's like for a me to really hero. meet up with him. Yeah, he's a super superhero. Anyway, sorry, he's the um, official sponsor of this episode, in case anybody didn't know. Make sure to uh, tweet him. Yeah, when he was saying beer bongs and Bentleys, what did that really mean? Well, I think maybe that's the new Justin. Your beer bong. I'm beer bong. I'm Bentley. Beer bong and the whiz. Beer bong and Bentley on 41FM. God said. Man, people love that little bit we did. I love that bit. I was very impressed. Let me take an aside from this episode to say to you, Jarvis, my friend, the editing you did on the uh, Bing Bong and the Whiz section a few episodes ago. This is this is the epitome of me taking a very small, you know, twenty second section of something that is like an hour and a half, and spending just about as much time on that as I do the rest of the time, which is why some segments of my YouTube videos are far overproduced, <laughs> uh, and others are not. Um, but yes, you, you, you have a cool job. You are very privileged to work in that. Sure. Yeah. And it, it feels strange because the things that I did were never really related to what I considered my career to be. I mean, at the time, I thought I was going to be an editor. That was the goal. Right. I had decided Jordan Cope, comma, editor. That's me for the rest of my life. Right. Maybe I'm editing films. Maybe I'm editing TV. Yeah. Right now, I want to be editing YouTube content. That's what I'm going to try and push for. And then I ended up in this role that I love just as much as that potential role but it's nothing like it yeah do you did you experience any any pressures like societal pressures around uh, your career i was very fortunate to have uh, particularly my mum was obviously very supportive throughout the process but especially around like what my career path might be right she was never at all uh, there was no friction in our household around me going to film school it was yeah, like, yeah cool yeah. you love movies fire away enjoy yourself, meet interesting people, and grow as a person. Yeah, yeah And I yeah. did. It just didn't lead to a film industry right. career. Um, but no, I, I think I was fortunate enough to not interact with too many societal pressures. When I was doing the film degree, there were, you know, a few shaking heads every now and then. I would meet somebody, especially... I went to a school that was, bizarrely, half arts college and then half marine biology college. Whoa. Like a really strange mashup because it was on the huh. coast. I guess, okay, so I guess the closest we have in the States to that is Carnegie Mellon University where uh, my buddy Ru Russell went to school. Mm -hmm. where I did not get in mm -hmm. uh, and that was like a big... Yeah, because he was smart and you weren't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the uh, They are known for computer science and theater. So a lot of, you know, big actors... Uh, who was the guy in White Collar? Uh, oh, 
the guy that was also in The Nice Guys. Hang on. Matt Bomer plays uh, Neil Caffrey on the show White Collar. But yeah, Collar. he and like a lot of other people went to Carnegie Mellon for, for college. Oh, interesting. Uh, See, so yeah, that's what uh, Falmouth University, where I went, was like. It was this weird hard delineation between the floaty artsy students like myself and then the hard science students like my right. friends Sarah Sheldon for example who listens to the show um, she and many of her pals uh, would occasionally come around the house and every now and then I would meet like a a marine biologist person they'd be like huh, film school <laughs> are you sure are you sure about that are you sure you want to do that and, and in retrospect actually a very reasonable criticism yeah the closest <laughs> thing I had to that was uh my school was about 5% computer science and oh, really? mostly engineering, like just hard mechanical aerospace, oh. uh, nuclear, like people who are like going to go off and like do real engineering jobs. Yeah. Uh, Physical v. Metaphysical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I just write computer codes. <laughs> I can help you look at your calendar before like, are you, you sure you want to do that? And <laughs> was there ever an inkling? Did you ever feel like shifting to something else in that never always because i always always. felt like the like i was able to brush away the things i didn't like about school uh with the things i was good at with Mm. my my major of computer science no i feel that so if you were to say anything to sean who is currently studying cs at georgia tech kind of a classic path at this point classic the classic five percent path yeah um but he's feeling, you know, he doesn't explicitly say it in this email, but maybe he's feeling a little self-conscious about, like, making what is to him a controversial choice. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I I understand, like, that pressure of being like, oh, I want to do this thing or that thing. Like, data science or data science team's hot right now. Or how about software engineering? Um, honestly, you're not – you can try out those things – but if you're not happy doing them, you're not going to be happy at any point, probably yeah. in that in that process. And it's not it doesn't serve anyone. Also, if like a market's really popular, it's like it's like so you're a doctor, cool. <laughs> you know, I I have a lot of uh, uh, friends and peers and stuff who were like, yeah, I started going to school to like be a doctor, and then I got deep into it, and I realized I don't want to do that. And the yeah. only reason I was doing it was because society up until this point had told me that it was a good thing for me to do but guess what it's not meant for everybody it doesn't mean you're bad if you don't want to do it It doesn't mean you're bad if you uh aren't a good fit for a data scientist or a software engineer um i think that these things are not only like you cannot be a fit for it in the moment in like the stuff that you're studying but you could also like not it cannot be your thing for the rest of your life it could be a short i don't like I, I didn't know that I wasn't going to be when I became a software engineer. I wasn't like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I was like, I don't know. It's working right now. It's a dangerous philosophy to get locked up in the idea that every choice you make is the last time you get to make that choice. Yeah. Like it's like if you eliminated all dating, you date because in the back of your mind, no matter how much you like the look of somebody's Tinder profile, there's a chance you don't get along in person. Right. So you go on the first date and then suddenly that was fun, but I want to make sure that we vibe in this environment. And you go to that environment and you say, yes, yes, yes. And you develop and progress. It's crazy to me that somebody would say to themselves, I, Jordan Cope, I'm a CS major. And even if I'm bad at it <laughs> and I don't like it, I'm going to keep doing it. And and that like I want to I want to, you know, have the caveat of that it's it's a privilege to be able to like oh, say course, something yeah. like that. But that that's how I feel. I think that in society we promote a lot of people who it's like, well, he just knew he wanted to be a snowboarder at age two, and now he's a pro snowboarder, and like he's just had it all figured out from the beginning. And it's like, I don't know that I buy that. I think that there's a lot of it that was, well, I'm I'm ten years in. I guess I gotta keep going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, and in the very rare cases where they really are virtuosos that found their thing at age two, luck, pure it's luck. chance. It's pure luck. I I feel I feel lucky that I found myself in 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 computer science now, and I don't think I'm gonna. I felt lucky that I found my way into computer science and into software engineering and into engineering management uh, that I'm doing now. But I don't think in ten years. I don't know what the future holds in 10 years, you know? Like, 
I think that we elevate and celebrate too much the people who are like, yeah, and they just like kept going down that path and like, sure. and, it, and it worked out. I want to say here to Sean that no one knows what they're doing. No one knows how long they really want to do it for. And a lot of times people are letting the pressures and the external pressures and the like the things like family or monetary pressure, like a lot of these things are inputs into making those decisions. And a lot of people make choices that are taking care of other people in their lives and doesn't necessarily speak to how like their actual interests, right? Like if I had a kid right now, also I would be having a very different discussion about what I wanted to be doing because I've got a, I'm optimizing in a different equation. You know what I mean? Sure. So while you have the agency that you have, um, don't take that lightly, like lean into lean into that uncertainty because everyone who thinks that they know they figured everything out is lying to you including us hey hey there's the final takeaway for this episode everyone is lying to you especially jarvis but not me i'm your friend i'm jordan i would never lie to you especially not right now uh post malone's album is actually the better of the two available new albums Uh, nope Uh, it's got to be sean mendez jordan before we wrap up our topic Mm -hmm. and thanks to sean for the topic Sean, really appreciate that. I I have a thought exercise for you, kind of to to illustrate the point that I'm making. Oh, hit me. Um, it's ten years from now. Okay. And you're in business development. Yes. How does that feel? Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's so strange to me. I I love what I do. Because I do it for Patreon. That's like such a right. big component of what I enjoy about my job is right. the environment that I do it and the people that I do it with. Um, the thing I like, the motif that I expect to be present throughout my career and wherever else that leads and however I define it yeah. is that I work with interesting creative people. Yeah, 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 That is the only barrier of entry for me. If I ever put that on the bench, that's when I've straight away from my path right when, when i'm maybe losing my proficiency yeah but outside of that like it could be editing video yeah it could be being an audio engineer it could be having my own creative project that is funded via patreon there right, are like right, so right. many avenues in which i would consider myself following my career right, right right as long as it sticks with that basic tenant and yeah and that's something i would suggest to anybody listening is right. find your tenant independent of the job Right, exactly. And Java, same question to you. Um, yeah, my tenant is I I like to make things and I like to help people succeed. Yeah. And like help people do what they want to do. And that's manifested itself in I like to make things. I became a software engineer where I could use these tools to make things. I'm an engineering manager where I can help enable people to do their best work and do the work that they want to do. But I also like to make videos. And if my friends are like, I want to make a video, I'm going to be the first person there who's helping them like script and storyboard and shoot and giving them camera tips. Cause I want, I, I get so much energy out of both of those things and whatever I'm doing, it's going to be some combination of that. Uh, and whether or not it manifests you know, it's like if you tell me in 10 years that I'm in engineering management or if I'm a software engineer, it's like I'm not surprised one way or the other, but I think it's like a 50-50 shot right sure. now, like what that pans out. And it's also like, what else am I up to? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, maybe I figured out something where it's like I do this for money uh, and I do some other thing for like fun and like creative fulfillment. I don't know. Like the future is so unclear that if you were like Jarvis in 10 years, you will uh, be teaching a public speaking class at Stanford University and that'll just be your job. I'd be like, interesting. Cool. How do we end up there? <laughs> How come? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, let's let's find out. You know what I mean? But it's not like, oh, no, that's not the life I want, because what you have to realize is that. If you got yourself into that situation, it was likely because you felt the natural pull in the directions of those things incrementally. So it's like much in the way that like me listening to a podcast uh, that told me about computer science ended 
like led to me studying computer science, which led to me like becoming a software engineer, which led to me moving out to the Bay Area. And then boom, I was out in the Bay Area and I started, you know, brushing elbows with all these people that were creatives. And then I was like, oh, snap, there's this world out there. Maybe that one day ends in me starting a company that's for that's for creatives, you know, uh, where you can pay them five dollars a month <laughs> to run creative membership businesses uh and, and that's like the perfect what you're describing right there is the perfect example of not needing to fulfill the target you drew at age 18. yes i mean we talked about this in the adulthood episode right that was the last one yeah where your goals and personal aspirations don't have to necessarily map one-to-one for a decade yeah <laughs> you can mix things up you can get weird that's fine as long as you feel like you're still tracing your truth. And it's possible that the target you drew was completely off base. Yeah. Maybe you don't actually like the thing that you were told to like at some point in your life. But as long as you're chasing it, at least in some way, like in your case, Jarvis, I think is a fantastic example. You, I don't know if computer science is at your core, and you can be the judge of this, obviously, your main proficiency like the thing that Jarvis loves like Jarvis was built to do computer right. science yeah what I think Jarvis was built for is creating things as you said and you happen to find this avenue right now that could lead all the way to this class you're talking about or it could go all the way to hey I do architecture now yeah but as long as you're producing you are bringing value and you are serving that proficiency right all right um I made a video a while back. Uh, I made it on January 1st, like 2018. Uh, and it's called, what are you doing with your life? Or I might've renamed a classic. it, but, but one of those things is like, kind of speaks to what we're saying here is that like, don't let your 18 year old self decide your path <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life in 20 <laughs> years from now. It's like letting an 18 year old tell a 40 year old what to do. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? But yeah, letting an 18 year old decide literally anything. <laughs> Because they're 18 and don't know how the world works. Yeah. Uh, if you're 18, that was totally a joke. And I'm not zinging you at all. Please give us an iTunes review. It means so much. Uh, young Jarvis. Yes. This whole topic only came up because our new best friend in the world, Sean, sent it to us. Yes. And you could be like Sean. You could let us know what you want to see, what you want to hear from Sad Boys. Jarvis, I, I, I want to do that. I'm feeling that in my spirit, in my heart. Right. But I don't know how. All right, well, let me tell you how. Okay. Uh, you can do that on Twitter, at SadboysPod. Okay. You can do that on Facebook, at SadboysPod. Though, <laughs> Facebook is really lagging behind right now. The Facebook is uh, misrepresentative of the show's popularity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as it is for just about everyone on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> um, you can send us an email at SadboysPod at gmail.com, or you can go to our very nice website, SadboysPod.com. And let me plus one the very nice Jarvis did such a good job putting that thing together. Aw. Looks lovely. It's almost as if you do programming. <laughs> well, uh, this one's Squarespace, except for the CSS that I had to write. Precisely. <laughs> because I, mean, I was upset one day. Do you want to say Squarespace like five or six times so that maybe they pick us up in the... Um, if you say it loud enough, advertising. they can hear you. Yeah. Squarespace! Squarespace! Please! That's the day, though. Honestly, that's the moment where I feel like I've reached the end of my career is when Squarespace asks us for an ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. For sure, on the pod. I'll just lie down on the ground and yeah. cry. It'll be amazing. One day, one day. One day soon. Uh, but Young Jarvis, what if I don't want all of the other stuff and I just want the kid? I just want Young Jarvis Johnson. Oh, for me? Mm-hmm. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jarvis or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Jarvis Johnson. Instagram is Instagram.com slash Magic Jarvis. And to circle back on the at Jarvis, he ain't kidding. <laughs> it's... If you go on Twitter and you type the little at symbol, looks like a little circle, and then you put J-A-R-V-I-S, that is the one. That is the correct Jarvis, correct? Yes, that's correct. That's me. Get in there. Jordan, how about you? Oh, if they want some more of me. Yeah. Theoretically, I mean, I can't imagine that they would. Right. Um, Jesus, what can they do? They can hit me up on Instagram, the new social media that I'm going to try and get good at. Keep saying that. Have not posted a single image since I decided that, that was my new goal. Uh, at Jordan Adika, one word, J-O-R-D-A-N-A-D-I-K-A. They can find me also by that moniker on Twitter or, God knows, basically everywhere. There's very few Adikas on the internet, so true. fire away. You can probably find me. You can also find my brother, actually, if you search that. Oh, really? My, uh, my brother, uh, Alex, has a rap moniker, I think, mm-hmm. under like A Adika or something like that. So see if you can find him. All right. Um, but yeah, if you want anything more from me, 
you'll be getting it in the show that is coming in a couple of months. <laughs> oh, and one last thing. We were recently on another podcast. We recently annexed another podcast. We recently <laughs> annexed another podcast into our own. <laughs> we now own both Sad Boys and Mr. Feels podcast because we were on the most recent episode of Mr. Feels. We sure were. You can find that at where Tyler May, who's living with me right now. MrFeelsPodcast.com. Oh my God, he said it. That's M-R-F-E-E-L-S podcast.com. Check it out. It's a really fun show. You know uh, what? I'll put uh, I'll put a blog post up on sadboyspod.com with the, the Mr. Feels episode in there. Hell yes. And I may I just say, Mr. Feels, excellent show. Very insightful commentary on mental illness from a man that knows his shit. Young Tyler May, who was on, I, I believe, a depression episode, maybe five or six episodes ago. That's true. Check it out. If you love that episode, if you hate it, Still listen to it. Yeah. If you hate it, what would you rate it? <laughs> you're the best. You're the best. You're the best you're the what best. should we do next? <laughs> Anthony Fantano, sad boys forever. Sad Thinny Boys Tano here. Thinny Boy Tano here. Oh, God, that's good. Are you proud of me that I know Anthony Fantano? That was a big now? moment for me. That was like me when I referenced the Edo period. <laughs> that's exactly what that's like. Holy shit. Um, we do have fun. We do have fun, don't we? There's no getting around it, Jarvis. We do have fun, and so do our fans, hopefully. I mean, I hope they're having a good time as well. And we end every episode of Sad Boys with a particular phrase. Run me through it, big boy. Um, I was thinking, like, we could sing it. Okay. Do you want to sing it in, like, a different style? What style? So I haven't... <laughs> We're going to do one take of this, <laughs> and I want to see how it comes out. All right. System of a Down style. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking chop suey. Yeah, got it. Three, Three two, two, one. one. We love you! Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>